0: Hey, what up, my listeners? This is The Way with your host, Bill Trofesky. Um, my guest here, Ethan Coolarn. Can you please introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, going on, guys? Um uh, my name, Ethan. I am a political science major.
1: I actually just got accepted into the Fast Track in Public Administration Program, University of Connecticut.
0: Very happy about that. Congratulations uh, on that. Exactly. It's exciting getting all the courses selected with that. Um, going to one day be a lawyer in a... What is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I want to go to lawyer, lobbying, politics, anything like that. The field of uh, public service, that makes sense. Perfect. And speaking of politics, that's what this segment is going to be on today, Uh, particularly Super Tuesday, which was two days ago uh, today. That was intense. That was intense. Watch the whole fucking thing. That was, ooh, right? Spicy, bro. I mean, talk about bounce back, talk about stress. Freaking, as a college kid, you know we're up all night. And We're watching that, and basically what we saw, was
1: basically Biden take over. I know you saw a lot of the head news. Like He was down in the dumps, and after South Carolina the previous Saturday, he made a big, big bounce back. Uh, He came back hard, and he's been campaigning. He's gotten the endorsements of, I know he's got Bloomberg on him,
0: Beto O'Rourke, who else came to support him? Jim Clyburn. That was the big one. Really? (laughs) Uh, About uh, two days before uh, South Carolina. Real Clear Politics had his betting odds when you combine all the betting odds from out in Las Vegas and whatever. He had a nine percent chance of winning. Bernie roughly fifty five to sixty. Yeah, he was in the head. He was ahead. Yeah, it yeah. was a blowout. Big time. He was protected uh yeah. according to five thirty-eight. He won Iowa. He won New Hampshire. He was yeah, he was yeah. insane. According to five thirty-eight, Bernie was projected to, to win every single state. Obviously, like yeah. he probably wouldn't win them all, but he was projected to win yeah. them all. Nevada, New Hampshire, Iowa, and South Carolina game. Biden took that. And then Super Tuesday, I don't even
1: know what states did he win. I know Bernie definitely won California. That's the big one. Yeah.
0: And then and those are still coming in. Same yeah. with Colorado. Yeah. And while no, he's Biden not- won Texas. I know that. He did. Yeah. Cause he's big he's uh got a lot of support from the black voters. I know Bernie
1: has Latino and uh and he's not getting the turnout from younger voters that he needs. Number needs
0: Biden, because young voters in general. Young voters don't really vote that much. It's one of our biggest issues of our generation. You don't vote. Not at all. This generation, my generation, really kind of fucking up this time. I don't think it's our generation. I think it's millennials. Yeah, millennials. With us, we're just becoming voting age. I'm 20
1: now. You're 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And we're Gen Z now, right? We're Gen Z. Yeah. It's weird looking at the generational difference between millennials and Gen Z. Because you see definitely more, I think, political activism with Gen Z um, versus millennials. Because they're all... It's weird. It's a weird different... Set working style, working uh the way they go through their education, where they enter the workforce. Gen Z is a lot more motivated. They work harder. They're not as concerned with a lot of different like you know tea breaks, if there's a way to put it, or like avocado toast break. <laughs> Gen <laughs> yeah. Z doesn't really do that to the same extent you see millennials.
0: It's, it's an interesting uh, dichotomy, if there's a way to put it. That's true. Yeah, I know there's plenty about too where a lot of Gen Z wants to start working at home. Mm-hmm. The gig, the
1: gig economy is big too. Gig? What's that? Gig economy. It's basically when you're moving job to job, moving around, Uh, basically oh, doing yeah. gigs. Yeah. Um, the average uh, American now has seven jobs by the time they're 25. Exactly. That's the gig economy. Uh, And capitalizing on that is definitely a big issue for our current uh, political structure. Because we're, again, uh, we're still set in that mindset of people working uh, 30, 35 years at one business, getting a pension or retiring. It's not really an option now, especially with Social Security not being existing I don't know exact date. It's gonna be not funded. Usually it's like twenty thirty, twenty thirty-five is the estimate where we'll run out of actual Social Security funding. I feel like the number is always changing, but I yeah, hear it's around that date pretty soon. Um, basically because we're paying there's that aging population, that boomer generation, which is larger than a generation beforehand. And with them exiting the workforce and the smaller generations like Gen Z entering, I know millennial is larger, but still it's just that uh the population difference, it's not enough to support that. That makes sense because Social Security, as you know, was created as a temporary solution uh, from FDR on this new deal. So it's, it doesn't really work today. It needs to be revamped, rethought. And I think that's where I do lean a little more left. Uh, a lot of their policies and helping out, uh, again, unfortunate people and unfortunate situations where people, lower income families, they're thinking, they're retrying to think, uh, especially Andrew Yang, with the, uh, what is it, the Freedom Dividend, $1,000 a month? UBI, yeah. That was a U and very new uh idea and a new policy that a lot of uh left haven't really thought about i don't know if it's actually possible or if it actually can be implemented but it's always worth trying that's the thing a lot of people need to try these new ideas and a lot of politicians and the establishment on the right and the left
0: they don't like adventuring out into the unknown and that's what we need to go forth to i feel that and uh social security like you said as um after the super Tuesday become a major talking point exactly as bernie keeps uh well now he's begun to attack biden for his history Mm -hmm. because biden has repeatedly uh four times in one speech saying he's advocating cutting it yeah you don't who who quoted that if you touch
1: american social security it's like basically if you mention social security like you're going to cut it um it's basically you're giving up an election you don't touch people's social security because once you give the american people something you can't really take it back and that's the it's very difficult to say it needs to be rethought reworked, even. Cut to an extent, who knows? I don't know the exact solution for it, but it needs something, does need to get done.
0: All right,
1: sounds about right. Don't talk about coronavirus, Coronavirus. that's another big topic. So, we just got our emails today from the uh, I know the provost and also the president of UConn sent out emails warning us about that. Now, Mm -hmm. they're actually taking a whole I know UConn Health is leading the charge of this, I forget the doctor's name, uh, that's leading this and the whole UConn initiative to prevent and also prepare for uh,
0: the possible pandemic on the campus what are your thoughts on that you think i think it's very dangerous plus we're obviously in connecticut so we're surrounded by massachusetts new york i believe even Rhode, Rhode Island, Island. Rhode Island yeah. Yeah. as they had it first in the northeast we're yeah. literally surrounded by coronavirus i'm bound to come in yeah yep we're college kids so we're not too worried on it i think it kills i think it's 0.2 percent Literally oh, 0.2 percent. was our a little generation. higher than that. Well, no, for our generation, our generation, yeah, yeah. Our generation. yeah. yeah the older younger. population, older, it's
1: like 17, 18 percent death oh, yeah. Rate. yeah, I think overall it's like a two
0: percent. The flu is like yeah. less than 0.5 overall. So it grows exponentially, and like it's definitely gonna hit us. A study came out where 40 to 70 percent of Americans in the next something years mm-hmm. are gonna be infected. Not yeah, even I saw that. That was about yeah. a week, week ago, a week and a half ago. I saw that statistic.
1: Yep. Yeah, where everyone's gonna get infected. It's gonna be something. It's very plausible. It's gonna be like you have to get a uh, coronavirus shot. Uh, Covid nineteen shot, just like you get the flu shot every year, because it keeps evolving, and everyone's gonna basically have to get it. But oh, then so two flus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have to deal with the anti-vaxxers. and a whole other situation. Because <laughs> I I like to respect religious freedom and religious liberty, but when it comes to the extent of people's lives and saving them, it's kind of hard to say that your child's not gonna be safe in a public school because uh, someone who's religious doesn't want to give their kid vaccines because. Again, with the science behind it, it's the
0: herd protection. The entire old people need to get the vaccine in order for everyone to be protected. And remember, some people can't get it. They could, um, and that puts their life at risk. Mm-hmm. It's a certain percentage. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But if a certain percentage isn't vaccinated, those people that can't get vaccinated, well, they're
1: fucked. Yeah, and also they put everyone else at risk. It's difficult. People with immunocompromised systems, elderly, anyone with underlying health conditions, they're at risk. And it's a scary time because it's just very uncertain in the media. I think the media's done a poor job covering it because they're creating a fear machine. They're not reporting a lot of the uh, facts about it and how it spreads and not telling people exactly how to prevent it. They're just amping up fear. And that's, again, you see that playing on the stock market, which has been very volatile oh, it's recently. it been plummeting. Yeah, it dropped, and now it's bounced out. But every day, it goes up 3%, drops 35 it goes up 4 drops 3%. It's very volatile. It's not normal for the market. And it's scary to see that because investors are very worried. And there's a mass sell-off that was
0: last week wasn't biggest. it a record, a record week Bigger, drop? Biggest drop since 2008. It point was wise, two or three days or something. Yeah, Dude. point wise. Yeah, I think the
1: only thing that compared was in 1987 Black Monday, I believe the name was. It dropped 22 percent, in like span of like an hour, I believe. It was insane. It was the biggest drop in history, uh, percentage wise. Wow. So yeah, it was intense. Uh, I couldn't imagine being an investor on that Black Tuesday in 1987. That was insane.
0: All right. I like to say two quick things. Mm-hmm. One, uh herd immunity. I looked up ninety three mm-hmm. to ninety five percent. Yeah. So now we know. Yep. And two, begin the uh, Robin Hood reaches the stock market. Robinhood Yeah. <laughs> that's what
1: we. That's what we use. Yeah. And they had a they had a rough Monday and Tuesday because the site crashed. So that was a lot of investors lost a lot of money on that, and they're facing a lot of backlash. And obviously, the Fed cut their interest rates by half percent. So everyone's uh, savings accounts, interest yields, all that—they're all dropped.
0: So another poor sign for the economy, if that makes sense. Indeed. And also um, one of those, you said versatile, one of the days, well, the day after it plummeted uh, was Super Tuesday or, well, Wednesday, it had a nice bounce yep. back with yep. the uh, health industry yep. and a lot of those similar corporations. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And it just scares me. Anytime you think the Fed dropping the rates is good for the economy because obviously it allows people to access more money because the lending cost is lower. And obviously, banks can lend money from each other at a lower rate and from the Fed. Um, But it's basically a preventative cause or preventative measure to stop the economy from basically faltering and falling flat. And it just means that our federal government and investors, banks, they're worried about what the future of the economy can hold over the next through the summer through the next year with this coronavirus still taking effect and spreading across the world. So especially
0: now that it's reaching America. Exactly. Exactly. It hit what? 11 deaths, I believe? Yeah, I think like you're right. Yeah. Something like that. And 59 infections, I want to say. And yeah, Seattle just
1: uh, closed down. I think it's a little more than that. I think it's in the 60s now. 69, maybe? Yeah, something like that. But I know Seattle, uh, they closed public schools, I believe, today uh, because they have the most
0: infections there. Scary stuff, though. I know, really. Um, us see what you got here. Yeah, I'm Googling and searching the coronaviruses today. Oh, 12 deaths. Well, does yeah, it just went up, and yeah, it's just going to spread out. And regardless of anything political, I'm just going to say Donald Trump on this. He's been uh, trying to hold it back or kind of yeah, limit it. To he proposed houses. that budget of I think around
1: 2.5 billion, and that the House thought that was an inadequate measure. Um, I think it's a, it's over 10. Was it 12 billion? You want to look at that? Um, yeah, sure. It's the House and the Senate. They decided just passed it today, overwhelmingly bipartisan support, and it should go to the president by tomorrow. And that should be the emergency spending bill. 8.3 billion. 8.3, okay. Yep. So that's way more than 2.5 that Trump, uh, his administration proposed oh, wow. for the effort. So that's going to go, obviously, to, it's going to go to universities for studying. It's going to go to clinics, it's going to go to states for emergency, all that, emergency needs and services. I heard um, it might take roughly a year for a vaccine. So exactly. hopefully they. We'll have treatments hopefully soon, but those are just therapeutic treatments. They're not actually, yeah, they're not uh, full blown vaccines. That's what we're going to need. So we're gonna see this for a long time so we stick around for a long time. Indeed, especially if it becomes a recurring theme. Exactly. All right. Do you want to talk about? We we'll go to Bernie or Biden. Talk about the front runners right now. Um.
0: Well, speaking of front runners, we can bring up Warren. Warren dropping? Yeah. Is yep. she going to endorse? That's the question. If she endorses, personally, I don't know if she's going to endorse anybody. I hope she endorses
1: Bernie. I mean, so Bernie's much. gotten these entire, I mean, uh, Biden's got the entire establishment backing him right now because they don't want a socialist running the party. Yeah. So, and plus
0: know, like Amy, P, even Beto was all yeah, thrown around him all at once, exactly. which led into that Super Tuesday. Yeah. And so, he, mm-hmm. and so, and now like he could
1: use, he could use one endorsement. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie, the yeah. thing is, he's not a Democrat. He's independent. And the Democrats, they, they're not ready for that. Medicare for all, which again will wipe out the entire insurance industry, uh, which again holds a lot in the stock market. So people will forget when Bernie does get elected, um, again, stock markets going to react very violently. They're going to drop. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fear and uncertainty. People's pensions are get wiped out. Uh, people's 401ks, IRAs, all those retirements are going to get wiped out because all the stocks that are involved with those are going to disappear because those healthcare industries are going to wipe, get wiped clean. Um. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. In the long run, it's probably a good thing. In the short term, it can destroy people's lives. And that's a scary
0: thought. All right. I could see that being a bit of an overshot. Like that, I don't know, it's destroying four hundred ones completely. It won't, but I'm saying for the short run. Oh, in the short if people run are trying to retire stop. within the
1: next five years, it's there's no shot if Bernie gets elected. In the long run, it'll be fine, it'll bounce back. But in the short run Do you think that's partly why he's struggling with the older folk? Exactly, because a lot of their money is in the stock market. It's a lot of them are uh, it's it's not. People are scared of change. And that's the main thing. People, they don't want to. Especially here in America. Free, yeah, they don't want to rewrite uh, what they've been used to
0: for the last 50, 60 years. And so that changes, it scares people. What I find funny or what I find odd is in poll after poll, no matter who it is, Bernie is the favorite with a lot of the topics for Medicare. He's the yep. favorite for in the environment, even the economy, immigration. But yet, why does he fall beyond Biden? What, what, where's that switch? Or- it's it's the
1: establishment, if that makes sense. They screwed Bernie over in 2016. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of colluding between Clinton and the establishment Democratic National Committee. Even this uh,
0: time, they were caught exactly. trying to tell Bloomberg, like, hey, drop out so we can... They yeah. got Amy to drop out, Pete to drop out. Yeah, and so they're conspiring against him uh, because a lot of people... I've been preaching this for
1: a little bit, but the same kind of populist communication style between bernie and trump is a lot of similarities a lot of parallels and the same way the republican party did not like trump in 2016 it's kind of the same thing why the republican uh, democrats don't like him in 2016 and why they don't like him in uh 2020 and i think even i think aoc released a video i think it was last week i saw uh she was saying how trump and bernie have very similar communication styles and aoc obviously Cortez,
0: being. Um, Part of the squad. It's difficult. A registered Republican? Yeah, that's yeah, fine. All right. Um, just wanted to quickly make sure. And yeah, this is coming from a Republican's uh, viewpoint. Yeah, who just, I'm just with ask currently. over the air next time. Yeah. Okay,
1: I'm comfortable with saying it. Um, I I'm trying to fight for a new. Because uh, some people just don't like to mention their party, Nothing that's, than that. Speaking of that, um, in my American, uh, American political parties course, it was kind of interesting because they our professor made us do a vote, and everyone who voted Trump when they wrote on the paper, they folded in half. Anyone that voted for Bernie or Biden or anyone of the Democrats, they kept it open for everyone to see. So, people are almost ashamed to be a Republican, and that's another ongoing issue um, because, of obviously, the volatile and nasty character flaws that Trump does have, people don't want to be associated with that. Um, even though a lot of his policies have benefited some people in certain areas, uh, people don't want to be associated with him and his uh, personality and his background and,
0: and i want to you can't forget too colleges tend to be a uh, very liberal in a sense yeah college i, do, I wish i don't and that shouldn't be um i don't like it the fact that it's like that because you
1: always feel surrounded if that makes sense being also depra- the other side i'm a democrat slash independent
0: yeah more independent libertarian i would say me or you no i'm not libertarian no, no i'm more i'm independent but i'm democratic according to european standards mm-hmm. not american standards. Okay, so liberal-progressive, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, uh,
1: again, the term liberal, uh, it's gone to dirty, dirty rep from the right, which is strange because the Republican Party was the original liberals, obviously with Teddy Roosevelt, Aaron Lincoln, a lot of those guys leading progressive ideals. And then when they switch again, I always forget. Uh, it's difficult. There's a big old swap. Usually they look at Kennedy in uh, 1960. Uh, that election, when he was elected, in, he came to office in 1961. That was the giant swap where uh, Republicans and Democrats basically flopped. Where progressives and liberal thought became JFK, and I mean even Nixon to an extent. Looking back on all of his policies, he was quite moderate. Um, but it's around that time where there was the the white flight and a lot of the mass migration after World War II. That whole period is basically when the party swapped, where the South was originally
0: Democrat and became Republican after that time. All right. You what? you read a lot about that in your poli sci courses and what exactly? Yeah, and it's. It's it's kind
1: of I want to reinvent the Republican Party. Uh, one of my people I like following and listening to uh, is Dan Crenshaw. He's uh, he's a house he's representative from Texas. I believe the 14th district. You want to look that up? Which district sure. is he from? What's the name one more time? Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. How do I spell that last name? Uh, Cren C R E N Shaw.
0: I believe. Yeah, it will show up. Yeah. Which district? Dan is Crenshaw. It? Second, uh, concreti- oh, second congressional dinsh- uh, district in Texas. Yeah. Okay. He's basically market.
1: he's proposing a lot of uh, environmental changes oh, there. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he has the home. eye patch under yeah. his eye. Has <laughs> the, he's a Navy SEAL? Former Navy SEAL. He also has a master's in public administration, I believe, too.
0: Okay.
1: Um, he's basically putting forth a lot more uh, level-headed, economic, uh, economically supported uh, measures for climate change that are supported by uh, a lot of different. It's bipartisan. That makes sense. He's supporting a lot of uh, nuclear energy, carbon capture, uh, natural gas, which is a lot more, a lot less carbon uh, intensive. If that makes sense. Like versus coal doesn't produce as much uh, greenhouse emissions. No. And he's also putting forth a lot. Uh, I don't know a clean face to the Republican Party, a young face, and that's something the Republican Party needs, especially because Mitch McConnell uh, and Donald Trump are the ones heading it. People don't necessarily yeah. like that. Uh, I think he's bringing a new, fresh wave to the Republican Party, and I kind of want to support him in his efforts to do so. All right, sounds that, good. That kind of sums up exactly where I'm kind of sitting as a Republican. I don't know all his policies, but uh, I do like the ones I've heard. And I do have a lot of liberal ideas, too, and a lot of liberal opinions. But I do lean more right on issues that matter most to me, if that makes sense. All right. And for you, that's like Middle East, uh, economy, foreign policy, economic kind of stuff. I think those take priority. I don't want to say they're more important than domestic issues, but when it comes to the security and safety of the American people,
0: uh, those are the priority. Mm. And you mentioned um, the environment with uh, Dan Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. One thing i like to mention, too, is the new, uh, new Green Deal presented by Bernie Sanders. That's a main advocate for our generation, which is why he... Seventy-two percent of Californians between eighteen to twenty-nine voted for him, mm-hmm. and that was their number one priority. Yeah, that's um, like a big. Climate's a big one.
1: Uh, I was an Eagle Scout. Um, I am an Eagle Scout. I should say, was an Eagle mm-hmm. Scout, and conservation is one of the things I love. That's one of the reasons I love Teddy Roosevelt. He's again an icon in American right. history. Uh, natural parks and all that, and so saving our environment should be a priority. Um, at this current time. I don't know if it's the number one priority. It definitely needs to be in the definitely top three. Uh, because you see a lot of foreign issues such as China. Uh, you see things in China. China. Yeah, with Syria, Iran right now. You see a lot of economic issues and economic instability right now. Uh, Socioeconomic uh, instability. if that makes sense. Wasn't that what the Hong Kong protests were about too? Oh, China oh. and surveillance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it basically has to do with extradition. Um, Where I don't know the exact names of the leader of Hong Kong, uh, but... Basically, people in Hong Kong, I think it was 1997, they went for a British colony back because their lease ended. This is in 1898, I believe, it started. It was a 99-year lease. And so once that ended, China got control of Hong Kong. So it's still semi-autonomous. But the president made a deal with uh, Xi Jinping that uh, basically anyone committed of crimes in Hong Kong that are against China's law get extradited to China. They won't get tried in Hong Kong courts. So a lot of the protests are about that because they don't want to be tried uh, tried by the Chinese Communist Party, which is obviously very corrupt, secretive, uh, and not, China is not the ideal place you want to be tried in. You want to be tried amongst a, uh, a jury of your peers like in our constitution. And they believe that. They're a very democratic city. Uh, so it's kind of understandable why they're having those protests. And obviously a lot of surveillance that's happening in China, and they're trying to push that into Hong Kong. By basically looking at uh, facial recognition, rating people based off their political opinions and ideas, their everyday actions in life, you get basically a rating if you're, like, a fit citizen or not. And
0: so it's it's understandable why they're scared. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so I remember before we were talking about the um, colleges being very liberal, and then we got a little bit diverse. Yeah. Off-topic. Yeah. And you were in the midst of something, I feel like.
1: Okay, but, yeah, so they don't want to change.
0: Because uh, people, Republicans, or even just... Because What um, I'd like to say first, before you speak, mm-hmm. this is from a just like a general consensus viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, The five the I get is the liberals tend to be in cities, or cities tend to be fairly Correct. liberal or yep. democratic. Correct. And they that tends to be where wealth is, or where um, priorities like minimum wage seem but to also, have more of uh, an impact. The wealth is there, and also the greatest inequality is there, too
1: which yeah. you have to remember. And so it's strange seeing a lot of these cities with Democratic leaders for a long time. Had that greatest amount of de facto segregation, the worst schools, but also the best schools, the richest and the poorest are in there. The absolute elites that are typically white versus the minorities who are typically of color. You see those in the cities. And, oh, this is getting a little off topic again, but yeah. yeah it, well, it's, let it. That's the thing. thing. It, you see that, especially in Connecticut, being a very liberal state, but it has a very oh top five uh, education top five education but also has the worst schools too top best schools and the worst schools like even really? in my, like in my West own harford or harford yeah in my own hometown you look at uh, say waterford or montville east Lyme. uh there's a great education good schools and then you go right over to new london which is right next door and they have worse test scores uh higher minorities less income overall and yet it's very strange to see that because we have the best schools. We have a lot of money, especially in western side of Connecticut, have very high taxes, and you know, we see all this inequality. We see a lot of this pain and suffering, and yet there hasn't been change. And we keep we went from Malloy to Ned Lamont. We haven't seen any change. We don't see any new ideas. We just see more taxes, more inequality. And it's sad to say, especially in a state like Connecticut, which was once one of the, I think, third richest state. Oh, well, my! Point. I yeah. can tell you how much my grandma brings up Hartford and how she used to love it before mm-hmm. this. Uh, West versus East. It's, yeah, you know, the other side of the tracks. You remember, you know
0: what that comes from? Um, No, not. Oh, I see them. I know what you're talking it's about.
1: It's basically, say, in uh, any kind of city, uh, there's the white half and there's the black half.
0: Yeah, like always on
1: like, the house. When I if went you're to on the wrong side of the tracks, that means you're black. Oh, if that okay. makes sense. When I went through um, Philadelphia, it was awful. Oh awful God. to say. Yeah. And so you hear that and it's true. And you see it in these Democratic
0: cities. They're run by Democratic people. And it makes no sense. So well, I'd say a like big this? part of it too. I mean, yes, currently today, but you have to remember redlining was a major aspect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I won't even say like that's Democratic. I just think that was uh, a political. Awful. Yeah, it's just
1: awful. Uh, I mean, the whole side of the party, obviously, gerrymandering goes in that too. Jerry gerrymandering uh, stuff. And what do they call the. The towns, those back in, what, the 50s? Uh,
0: Levitables? What do you call it? Levitables? Um, look up Levitables. All right, well, before I say that, um, Let's see oh, no, that that that's not the right right definition. All right, uh, what do you me want me to search saying it wrong. Let me see. All right, you look up that. I just like to
1: quickly. Oh, Levitowns. Towns, yeah. Those were, yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, big, basically, housing developments where that was where the white flight happened, where a lot of realtors basically went in. It said, "Oh, your housing prices are going to drop." Housing that was the drop, so white people left and blacks moved in. So wait, redlining? You like yeah, just a different? That's age. the same yeah, thing. Okay. They, basically, when people think of other towns, so that's redlining.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, because that just became a big thing. Because also, like, it, it hasn't been. It's been thing for sixty, seventy years. Oh yeah, it, it's it that's never going away. That's a, a terrible thing with the education system, no one's taught this. And people think it's a new issue. I'm like, it's been around for so long. It's deep ingrained in our
0: society. It's something we need to break. It's disgusting. Which is why a big thing, too, is the. I well, I find, like, the biggest issue or the biggest differences between this whole racial class is the mm-hmm. economy. Exactly. if you're poor, you're t- going to have poor tendencies. Yeah. Because that's and robbing all that stuff. That's
1: where I don't know exactly where I want to put my opinion because I see the inequality. I see that you're... You have less opportunities when you're poor or if you have a worse school. Um, I don't know exactly how to fix that. I know dumping funds into those cities and those areas are not the way to do it. There needs to be like a revolutionized way of teaching. Uh, Obviously, breaking up those areas and basically adding more diversity to them, as in there would be more uh, mixing whites
0: and blacks together. Uh um, and that was so you put either white kids in the ghetto or you put black kids in the rich or yeah, that, that goes in the issue of as busing. Joe, you remember, as Joe Biden said, uh uh minorities can be just as good as white kids or what Yeah, it's terrible to say. Oh my
1: god. Um <laughs> that goes in the issue of Brown v board and a core ordered busing. You remember that happened? Kamala Harris talked about it too. How she was bused to basically a white school. They basically bus uh black kids to white schools and vice versa to basically create equality. you no, they did this at my high school.
0: Yeah, yeah a little it's,
1: bit. It's very... It seems like a band-aid on the issue, if that makes sense. Like, oh, I'm going to bust them over there. It's like... It is a whole economic uh, rebalancing that needs to happen. And I don't know exactly how to do that. It's very difficult, because a lot of the calls that need to be made are
0: unsettling. Um, they're a very difficult calls to make, if that makes sense. I got you. And a big yeah. thing, I think, are... Well, no, this isn't even just a portion of it. Is I say education a big thing. Mm-hmm. Education is huge. Education in these low poverty areas, you could have a 4.0 GPA or 4.5 if it's mm-hmm. not even a zero to four, and you still can't get into like Yale or something. Yeah. Because like the bar is so low, like your high school might not even offer enough credits. I don't mm-hmm. the whole project. Or they don't back. have like AP
1: courses. They don't yeah, have AP BC, courses. They don't up. have IB courses. They don't have those advanced college courses that say a rich town in like, new canaan or something in like yeah. connecticut or like greenwich like so yeah you, you got
0: milk, you all these but uh they're all level one honors courses like we don't want you we want yeah. the kid with the b plus AP, yeah. ap college level courses yeah. curriculum all this
1: i mean that's again gets into affirmative action they're trying to balance that out um and i believe affirmative action shouldn't be based on the color of your skin because that, that itself is racist that makes sense it should be yeah. based off the economic status like say you come from a bad school you come from a bad area you, your income or your family or household income is very low, like, say, in the bottom, like, 25%. Say, if that's the case, you should get some bonuses to get into a better college or university versus just, oh, simply you're, you're darker than the other kid, therefore you get these bonuses. It should be the economic status, your social economic status that determines that, not the color of your skin. That's why, hey, with admissions and colleges, you have to write down what race you are. It shouldn't matter at all. It should be your economic status. It should be your grades. It should be your effort. Uh, where you grew up, where you are now, how much effort you put in, and if you're in a tough area, that should be it, it should be merit-based, and it should
0: also be socioeconomic-based, not race-based. That makes sense too, because again, like the rate, the majority of mm. uh, people of color are in these low-power yeah. poverty areas. Yeah, exactly, so it it makes kind sense. Kind of fits into that yeah. category. Because from personal experience. I know white kids who um in the projects. Oh yeah, from or the trailer around, parks. You yeah. know, in my town, tons of trailer parks in Montville. Mm. Um, of course, like you
1: remember, it's always a minor, like a minority in that area, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, because I want to do that. Uh, that's one of the things I wish politicians talked about more. But the thing is, it's more complex and harder to do versus just say, oh, you're black, you get those points. That's very easy to do, but again, it's a band-aid on the issue. Because those poor uh, poorly it, financed areas, those it should be economic. They should be able to tell that based off the socioeconomic status of somebody, not based on the color of the
0: skin. I feel that. It's, it's better than nothing, though. I mean, if you it's, have like a neck, and it's neck than nothing, but it's not—it's not, it's not a
1: long-term. Yeah, it's not a long-term solution to something that needs to be rethought and redone. That makes sense. They haven't—they no, yeah, haven't rethought it in twenty, thirty, forty years. Whatever
0: they started, firm of action. Because again, everything is just like a small change. Like, oh, we got these problems. Let's, let's do a small little. Yeah, little something, little I do. I hate doing that. And there needs to yeah. be a whole rewrite. And That's
1: one of the appeals of Bernie Sanders throwing everything out the window and starting new, you know? I mean, it's not even radical. Like I said before, when it's I'm not cracking in
0: f- Europe. Mm-hmm.
1: It's for America. For America, it's radical. It is. That makes yeah. sense. Because we've become very... We're very, we're a capitalist country. We're the number one capitalist country in the world. I mean, China's yeah. probably going to be number one capitalist country in the world if we don't do something, but... Yeah. And they, eh, it's scary. And that's one, again, it goes in the appeal of Trump because he's the only candidate that actually fights China. If that makes sense. He's the only one that stands up to them. And a lot of their... Uh, I can see that. Unconventional and unmoral, immoral uh, motivations for a lot of their policies. Again, with One Belt, One Road Initiative, debt trapping, neocolonization, concentration camps of Muslims in the Western provinces, a lot of that kind of stuff. It's scary stuff that they're doing. And he's the only one that kind of fights that and protects allies such as South Korea, Japan, Vietnam now is a strong ally of ours, uh, Taiwan. He's the only one that fights for them. Democrats they more focus on domestic issues, not foreign. That makes That's sense. International.
0: Yeah, I feel that. And like, well, something domestic that I want to bring up back towards that mm. uh, education standpoint mm. is one of the things that uh, it doesn't to beneficial with trump is he cut funding to education oh, he's he terrible cut funding to he, he's pretty bad for education especially with betsy devos every single you know, possible field yeah. he's cut funding for except for the military which he's boosted yeah it's it's not good he's not a good candidate for education so that's um, why I like again like the revolution like uh in the sense of free needs, college tuition well, which all also, people don't know yeah college was free back in the day university of connecticut yeah. back
1: in the 60s was free a lot of these public universities uh people Again, they went. They didn't have to pay a dime. And even after that, they were very cheap. It's only recently these exponential rising oh, costs. Rocks. Yeah, because... It's textbooks, everything. Yeah, you really- also look at it. The administrative costs of these universities are astronomically high. Even our own president gets paid, what, 800000 a year, which is absurd. I mean, it does take money to retain talent. Like, you need to attract people that are uh, exceptional at their work. But it gets to a point where that salary and that pay is astronomically high where it can be put to so many different uses so many student benefits For cheaper the like salary exactly the yeah. salary it's insane the bonuses insane. bonuses i could see uh, currently it's four hundred thousand. dollars. no oh, look at I the bonuses that.
0: look at the housing bonuses uh travel all that kind of stuff oh um well how much does he spend on uh, golfing it's oh. like freaking our president yeah oh i'm talking about the president of yukon Oh, you're talking about that? Oh, oh my his bad. His salary, he
1: wait, donates Wait, is 800000 Yeah. The President of the United you States is 400000 He donates that to charity, by the way.
0: You, yeah, but like when you cut funding, like millions and. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the President of UConn, though. Okay, wait. Then. Yeah. Look at that. It's insane. 000.
1: Yeah. It's scary. And that doesn't even. Come close to the oh eight hundred twenty three thousand nine hundred seven yeah. And if you look at the salaries of like say the UConn basketball coaches again it, oh Dan Hurley I love Dan Hurley experience. though I mean but yeah it does being a capitalist country it costs money to retain talent and that's understandable yep. um
0: and because also if your uh, if your college wins the basketball championship your applications. Like quadruple. Yeah. It's some it's insane. insane. People love sports. Also three million. Well, two point seven five million a year, Dan Hurley. Yeah. It's insane. Look at the women's coach. We just had a game today. Uh yeah. Gino salary. Gino salary. Oh, two point four million. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's six exp- they get paid. No, a lot. Only two point four million. Yeah. Only two point four million.
1: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, free like at a public university, it just it makes you scratch your head, you know. Yeah, it's like a, a university that should be focusing on research and education. But the priority becomes sports, where a lot of budget goes into sports, even though they lose money, they don't, they still don't turn a profit. They still yeah. don't. I you know, see. like, our,
0: well, football. I feel like tends to with like good colleges. Football. I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about UConn. Yeah, UConn. I know where yeah, specifically. But in general, like Alabama, they turn a bad profit. Yeah,
1: but. Obviously, U- UConn's not a football school. Even with our basketball program being the best in the world. That it's, is, that's a small problem. I think it's like $8 million. We, I no, that I, do I it. don't. Look, it's, I think it's Google. negative. I think we lose money. Really? Because we put so much into branding, uniforms, travel.
0: It just, we don't turn a profit. Nah, especially with us being bad now, but. We're not bad now, but. All right, well, Louisville. All right, not UConn, but Louisville, the first one I'm seeing, they make $52 million in profits. Yeah, we don't annual revenue. We lose money. We lose money, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing, money came from college and the idea of a free public tuition. Yeah. I just like to mention too, that there's a stat three and four uh, kids going to like high end colleges, like high end public universities or Ivy leagues. They all come from wealthy families too. Mm-hmm. So that's enforcing the yeah, yeah, Ivy league. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even at UConn, like compared to like, say, Oh, you see, you
1: see the Lamborghinis, yeah. you see those cars driving around those kids and those their Gucci slides and stuff. You see right. that. And okay. as soon as the AirPods Pro come out, you see a ton of kids are wearing them. I'm like, where did you get that money? I thought you were in college. you supposed to be broke. You have to have so much money. Like,
0: oh, yeah. For wow. it's nothing. Like, it's insane. So kids are getting like deterred. Like your family can't afford nothing. Yeah, you get um, you get good benefits or you get good loans. But yeah, if you're coming from a family, 60K a year or something, it becomes so much more stressful to go through college. You got to get a job on your college. Yeah, you, need that's to you pay for all your bills, your phone, car insurance, parking. Oh, God, parking at UConn. But all that kind of
1: stuff, and you have so many of these expenses, and but you, you have, have these... to worry about it yourself. And then the other kids are, people say, "Daddy's money." Quote that. Um, <laughs> they come from like yeah, this
0: high-end tutoring high school where they're everything, lower classes paid for everything. Yeah, then they insane. come here, everything's free. Mm-hmm. They can drop out, and yeah, they're fine. They're rich. Yeah, yeah.
1: And what was I thinking? Oh, that gets into one of the concerns I have with Bernie Sanders. You might call me selfish, but. The uh, so students that work hard uh, to get scholarships and to self fund and work two, three jobs to self fund their college, so they're not in debt. A lot of them are very worried about Bernie Sanders getting elected because he's gonna he waves off the uh, student loans from all the students. Why, like, it makes you like literally cry inside. Like, why did you work for four, eight years to pay for your education, and yet everyone else just gets it for free on a snap? Yeah, a but- uh, sign of an executive order. That's that makes you cry. Oh no, I'd be oh my yeah, God, be I would be crying. Like, I, I self fund everything, all the scholarships, I work, I do all that stuff so I can maintain uh no debt, if that makes sense. And so nice. again, I am fortunate enough that I went to a decent high school. I was able to get a good GPA, get a good education, uh, build up and all that yeah, stuff. and get good scholarships and work hard. I was able to do that, but at the same time, there's people less fortunate than me that do even way better than me, obviously, tons of people, and yet all their achievement gets washed away with a sign of an executive order
0: it's well, I say two things to that one, they don't get washed away, you still get your degree that was that sucks though all the stress, but also that the hard work it means nothing the incentive is gone, you know in a sense, but if you see a train running over a bunch of people. Wouldn't you stop it? Or would you say, Oh, it's not fair to these people, so let's let it keep running uh, more people over? I think that's it's false equivocation Good. there. All right. Well in this it's case, kind of a, wouldn't you want to prevent more kids from doing that? Like I mean I sucks would say I want to find a
1: better solution is what I say. Instead of wiping out making not necessarily wiping out debt, but making colleges more affordable. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, but what's more affordable than free? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's free, that's the thing. Well, Wall Street tax. So for us, it is, and there's a two billion net profit overall. Those are really shaky numbers, and again, awesome. those it's campaign
1: talk too. When you see how many times have you heard a, like a politician go up, promise this, and then they lie as soon as they get elected. It's very, I when I when I know, hear when it. I hear that all this money, these what's the uh, cost of the uh Medicare for All, fifty trillion. Our GDP is like 22 23 trillion. How can you tax Wall Street that much to pay for the 50 trillion for Medicare for all, all the free college? How do you make that off of just taxing Wall Street? There's not enough money going Why through no? Wall, Wall Street.
0: Well no, that's not Wall Street. That's um that's uh, that's us along with the top 1 and 0.1%. There's not enough money in the country
1: that flows even to tax that.
0: It's insane. I'll
1: show you. You can look it up. Yeah, no. I've simple. Look No, like there is. Like I've looked it up. People it- in America don't even make Half of the cost in the Medicare for All. It's like there's no, not enough money for it. It's insane. Oh, there's plenty for it. How, how does Europe do it? We there's
0: plenty. They don't have a military budget. They don't pay for a lot of that stuff. That's the thing. All right, that's a good point. But, but also, it does work out. I've, I've done the research. I, I'm. I i do not want to look at it now because it's hard to dig around and find it again. Mm, but uh, that's, so the, I the, that's the major. That's, that's what i
1: with uh, dividing the Democratic Party. It's the people don't think it's feasible.
0: If that makes sense. I get that, and like that's the whole deterrent. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just gonna say my like my side point to show mm-hmm. both sides. But from what I've seen with the 0.1 percent, the 1 percent, 52 percent tax rate, along with our taxes will go up. Mm-hmm. I want to say, no, I'm not gonna say. I was gonna guess 4 percent, but I don't know that part. Mm-hmm. So our taxes going up, along with that, contribute to being enough. That's not mm-hmm. the Wall Street portion. The Wall Street's the college part alone, and you have to like that's the idea behind. It. I'm not gonna say more, but yeah do your own research on that part mm. and also yeah
1: it just when you think of incentive and people making money and again wall street tax if you tax wall street the people on there that are those banks what would incentivize them to even continue operating if they're just going to get taxed to hell? that's the thing when you tax businesses you go to connecticut yeah, again, like, connecticut, money. connecticut is a good example of this every time we increase taxes when we lost general electric when they moved to boston that was a big big loss to the Connecticut economy just because we increase our corporate taxes. That's the thing you keep putting these taxes on there's no incentive. people just go overseas to China with cheaper labor. you go over there like the main way we make money is by making it business friendly. That's the thing. If you make businesses leave there's not going to be anyone to tax yeah but
0: that's kind of like a a uh, trickle-down economy
1: in a sense if you look at the Jap- if you blood. look at the way the Japanese economy is working right now under Shinzo Abe. He mixes Keynesian economics with Reaganomics, which is trickle down. So it's also mass stimulus spending along with trickle down economics. So it's like take Obama's policy after two thousand eight, two thousand nine, the economic crash, and then you combine it with the Reaganomics. That makes sense. Um, can, odd, you, can you provide like a little bit better of a like a little okay. better explanation? Um, back in there was the East Asia crash in nineteen ninety seven, where Japan basically flatlined its economy. And it's been like that ever up until like 2016, 2017. And with Shinzo Abe, the last couple of years, he's been basically mass spending on education, uh, a lot of infrastructure projects throughout the country, along with uh, developing their military, like Reagan. And also, and also deregulating, which is also risky. But well, that's another topic for another time. Um, but at the same time, he is—that's um, the mass spending. If that makes sense. Because Reaganomics, it's not mass spending. It's only mass spending, like, uh, it's deregulating and mass spending on the military, military-industrial complex. McKinsey economics is basically just pumping out money into the economy, uh, private businesses, subsidies, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> okay. So that's, I want to see if that works in Japan before we try it here. But at that could be interesting, the, yeah. yeah. at the end of the day, you need to have, Businesses that make money that want to stay here, that provide jobs for people to make money so they can be taxed. But if you raise the taxes too high, there's no reason for them to stay. It, I get that too, but yeah. Amazon paid $0 in federal tax that's last year. That's an issue. That's a very big issue. Like in Connecticut, they pay taxes. You're obviously, like one. Yeah. Those big ones, those corporate, that's in California too, a very democratic state, and yet they don't pay taxes. Like, hmm. why is that loophole there? I have no idea. Um, They should definitely pay. it you know, actually, it's all offshore money. I know those Irish loopholes, like in Dublin, Ireland. I forget the, uh, and that's where a lot of the taxes Bernie wants to. It's yeah, a combination of that. And it's basically keeping yeah. off the money offshore and not reinvesting it back into America. And that that gets into Trump's tax plan, where he lowered the corporate tax rate to become competitive. Because I think we had it what? I forget the core current
0: corporate tax rate. You know what it is? Um, Give me one sec. I think he dropped it by like five percent. Because again, there was that trillion. Um, I want say, no, I don't want to say it because I don't know for certain, but there was like a trillion dollar tax break over the next something years. He so released, well, oh, last year, two years ago. Yeah, that's that's talking about the uh, upper tax breaks and all that drop yeah. for everyone. But it was mostly for
1: the rich, which is kind of awful. Um, I don't agree with it, but he did do the right thing with the lower corporate tax rate to bring American funds and American businesses back to America, which makes sense. Yeah, it's the only way to stay competitive with, say, like a country like China, where they subsidize all their businesses, and so they basically they can operate without any cost, so they can just keep shelling out and undercutting all the competition without actually uh losing anything. And so, like American companies, they have to front all those costs, those production costs. They're unsubsidized, so if you lower the corporate tax rate, it lowers those costs a little bit
0: and allows them to compete with someone like China. But that's again another topic. Okay. And um I like to say uh twenty-one percent. That's what the federal uh corporate tax rate is. This one it is right now? Yeah. yeah. It used to be, I think what, twenty-five or something?
1: Thirty, forget. Um like look at under Obama corporate tax. 35%. Thirty-five percent. Thirty-five, yes. He, yeah, he dropped big. it a bunch, <laughs> yeah. and you see a lot, even you saw Apple open up a plant in Texas uh about a month ago, I forget. Uh but, yeah, stuff like that with these co- big tech companies reinvesting in America, that's what lowering the corporate tax rate does. It allows these companies to become competitive and reinvest here. Okay. If that makes sense. And that's, oh, that that's a Republican sense, point of view. And with those companies being back here, you can tax them and you get more
0: income versus them not being here at all. If yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But you also got to tax them. So yeah it's kind of like finding
1: you the you have, middle you have to ground. It, but get rid of the loopholes where they can't send their money overseas. Apple doesn't... Apple kind of does because they do have sweatshops in China. Um, If you saw the Ricky Gervais roast on the Golden Globes, he, uh, he roasted uh, Apple hard with Tim Cook. Yeah, if you saw that. That's funny. And Ricky Gervais, he's a legend. He's very... He's hilarious,
0: but he's true. And can't be bought. But, um... Mm. Okay. Also, that I need to... I need to learn about the Panama Papers. Oh, Panama Papers? Yeah. 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 Look at the Pentagon Papers,
1: too. Pentagon? Pentagon Papers. That's Vietnam.
0: Those What's that saying?
1: about? Oh, it's all the it's American involvement. It's basically all the evil. Uh, McNamara basically sanctioned it uh, to write an entire an account of the United States' involvement in Vietnam. Uh, so we were, we were involved in the early 50s. Actually, 1946, I think is when it starts. I forget the exact date. But we actually had troops and uh, intentions in Vietnam way before the war even started way before even
0: France got in there during their, uh, little, that little war in there. Yeah. yeah. there. Okay. And also I'd like to say too, um, it was very blocked out by either Trump or the political process, but didn't the CIA admit to falsifying reports about say like nine eleven or something? The, the CIA They do it all the time. They, the time. they, they spy on countries, they spy on our allies.
1: They create, I forget the, uh, the whole fiasco that happened. Uh, we basically the CIA created a false company that sold like or sold like, surveillance equipment and stuff like
0: that. And we bugged all of it and we spotted on everybody. Uh, but yeah, CIA does all that stuff. I'm not surprised. Yep, I even remember learning about recently. the um Operation Sea Spray it was mm-hmm. where uh basically they just loaded this uh, bacteria. Uh, I did a quick Google search to remember what it mm-hmm. is. Uh, Glove G. Glo- Biggie. Okay. I haven't heard about this. Yeah. All right. But yeah, basically, they just like loaded all over San Francisco to learn about like how quick a bacteria could spread or the kind of damages. It's more like how quickly you spread. They're studying like bacteria. Yeah. yeah. And people died of this. Like literally, people oh, died yeah. of this. Oh, yeah. And we're just like, we want to kind of learn. I mean, they did much worse and like more stuff across other mm. st- uh, states, but San mm. Francisco being heavily populated. Yeah. I'm not surprised to see it. See, they have a lot of rogue actors
1: that go off and do these kinds of things. And they they're, largely unaccountable, which is, there's pros and cons to that because they need to be able to act quick and think independently in order to compete against a lot of the foreign intelligence agencies, but they need to be held accountable, especially for spying and doing these kind of things on American people, American citizens that have their own rights. You can do it to other countries, which is, again, it's immoral, but sometimes necessary Mm -hmm. uh, for the safety and defense of the American people, but spying and, again, spreading
0: bacteria amongst American cities, it's kind of that's not good at all. That's one of like the lesser-known ones, I feel like. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, what was it? Operation Something, where they put acid in people's drinks to see how they'd react? Oh, yeah. And the, the whole thing with Castro, the
1: how many assassination attempts? <laughs> Castro. Oh <my> <laughs> yeah. Dozens. They had an explosive cigar, I think, at one point. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff. Poisoned, all that kind of
0: stuff. God damn. Um, all right, well, that seemed like a good time to Yeah, we we'll probably wrap this up. Why not? Yeah, uh, not too long episode, but well, don't want to make it too long. Yeah, but it's a good first start indeed. And uh, originally we were gonna talk about Super Tuesday. Yeah, I well, I think <laughs>
1: everyone's basically been oversaturated by that in the news, so it's like there's there more interesting topics. I mean, honestly, yeah, I I, I love politics, but I just been so enthralled in it. Uh, it's like that's I want to talk about, it, but it's like at the same time the least thing I want to talk about because it's like all
0: I <laughs> yeah. read, all I study, all I talk, like yeah. So. yeah, especially you don't want to get overtuned when I mean mm-hmm. we brought up a lot of interesting topics, all that stuff. It's yeah. good to have a poly sci major who knows this stuff, address all these different topics for yeah, just so many. We to touched the, yeah, yeah. to touch the bare minimum of stuff Economy. too. Yeah. Just yeah. good. All right. Sounds good. Is mm-hmm. there anything else you'd like to say? to the viewers, any last messages, final uh thanks for listening. I know some of the stuff I can go on a rant. Uh definitely fact check me. But thanks for listening and uh hopefully talk again all right yeah definitely have you on again where you go on your rants about (laughs) whatever (laughs) definitely well this was the way thank you for listening and tuning in find us on any streaming service from spotify stitcher all of that and yeah deuces have a good one peace